This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own Now time. you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics you need to start your investing journey. We unpack all the jargon and confusing bits, hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating. And we want to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce. And as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode as per usual, but also a little bit nervous because (laughs) uh, this episode really has the potential of um, being derailed by you going too deep on rabbit holes. (laughs) And, you know, know, this is Get Started Investing and you love crypto. Um, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, there we go, third time's the charm. Uh, we're talking about crypto and I feel like you're going to start talking to us about the bloody litany of acronyms that are out there at the moment. Well, you've got me all wrong, Ren. This is Get Started Investing and we're all about keeping things very basic here. So whilst uh, there is a lot to discuss when it comes to cryptocurrency, we're going to do our best to keep this at a very high level. It is uh, crypto week here uh, at Equity Mates. Uh, we have uh, started off uh, on yesterday on the Equity Mates Investing Podcast with a bit of a crypto uh, 101, and uh, we're going to continue that theme here. Well, with- it wasn't quite a crypto 101. It was a uh, this will be the crypto 101, uh, but it was the only piece of co- crypto content on the internet. Uh, do your own research, but uh, the only piece of crypto content on the internet that didn't mention the price of any coin. As well as this episode, there's no price in these shows. True, <laughs> true, true. All right, well, there we go. We're really building a reputation for ourselves here. So, uh, head over there. We've also got a couple of interviews coming up with some crypto experts on Ec- on the Equity Mates podcast. So, if you are uh, interested in this space, head across for the rest of the week Um and uh, look, we recognize that this is an equities uh, podcast, Equity Mates, but there's a lot going on in the crypto space at the moment. And we've had a number of our community reach out to ask if we can uh, unpack it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is. The, uh, that was the, the number one uh, content request in the survey. Shout out to the survey. If you're listening to this the day it comes out on the 30th, you've got one more day to complete it. So. Yes. Um, Make sure you go and fill out our uh, listener survey. We obviously are listening to your feedback because people requested more crypto content and we're now doing a whole week on it. So, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, go fill it out. So, by the end of this episode, our aim is to really just give you uh, the ability to have a conversation about crypto at the pub or with your family or um, partner, whatever it may be. Uh, You've probably been in a situation many times where 
someone's brought up the uh, price of crypto. Are you invested in Bitcoin? What do you think? Um, so we're really just going to step through it as best we can uh, to give you some confidence to be able to engage in those conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, not not about the price, but about like, you know, what WTF is BTC, I guess, is the, <laughs> the, the question. Like, what is Bitcoin? Yeah. What is Bitcoin? Yeah, what is crypto? Um, Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So it all starts with, um, we will start at the bottom. Of, uh, started from the bottom now we're here <laughs> start from the bottom and work our way up so, and it all starts with blockchain yeah so i think uh and let's define you know terms as we go and we're going to have to be responsible for pulling ourselves out of the weeds uh pulling each other out i'm of the, the weeds. weed master <laughs> <laughs> well your first business was lesky's lawns where you went around and mowed true, lawns true, and wagga, true so, it was. and i do believe you called yourself the weed master then <laughs> And then at uni, actually, no, you no, don't go there. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, look. let's let's start with blockchain. <laughs> okay, so let's continue. Yes, blockchain. But I will be keeping ourselves out of the weeds. <laughs> yeah. So, um, people probably often hear uh, blockchain and then cryptocurrency. Um, to start with, let's separate those those two concepts. Um, and, and let's start with the blockchain and. To explain what it is, uh, I think it's easiest to explain what it isn't. Um, so, if you think about like the way traditional records are kept these days, um, it's it's by question. A, what sort of records? Just uh, any any information um, online. Well, it's it's kept by a central authority. So, you know, banks keep your financial information. Governments keep you know your tax and medical Medicare. and personal information. You know, if you're at a university, the your the record of your university performance is kept centrally by the university. Um, traditionally, in hard copies in a file room somewhere. Now, uh, in on, on a server somewhere, but the server will be owned by that central authority, like a government, a bank, a custodian, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the way record keeping's always happened. Uh, and then when things are updated, they're updated by the central authority. So yep. you tell the bank that I want to change my wanna, address. Yeah, yeah. You want to, yeah, exactly. You want to change your address. You tell the government that you've had a kid and you need them added to your Medicare card. You put the forms into the central authority. The central authority updates their records, and then the the central authority's records are the source of truth. Nice. Makes so that's so, so that's that's what the uh, traditional way that, of record keeping is. Yes. One central authority. Uh, so then, how does that relate to blockchain? So the easiest way to think about blockchain is decentralized record keeping. So rather than a central authority being the single source of truth and have being the authority on, you know, what is true and what is not true, who has what, um, all that stuff. Every user in the system keeps a copy of the record, and when uh, things are updated, the uh, that information is sent to every user, and every copy of the record is updated for everyone. So, an example, an unrealistic one, but an example nonetheless. Let's take the university. You let the university know that you're changing subjects, uh, or you're going to drop out of a subject, and rather than the you know student authority who or the admin who looks after that change they're going to then uh everyone in the university or in your class is going to 
uh, get a copy of the record that you have changed your university class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's and like the the obvious question that comes out of that example is privacy. Put privacy to one side because there's ways that you can ensure privacy, and and there's plenty of blockchains that are fully encrypted, fully private. But I think to give you the best example, uh, using a university, you you know in those um university uh like coming of age movies how they they often sneak into the dean's office and like change their grade yes. <laughs> they like or they like hack into the computer yeah, and change their yeah, grade kind and of. then they get the job and like you know they get the girl and that's the end of the movie <laughs> um, that that is the central problem with a uh well, that's the major problem with a central authority keeping one set of records is that you can go in and change it. Um, you rely on that central authority. If everyone had a copy of the grades, fully encrypted and private, and then every semester or however, you know, every time new grades were put on the system, they were put on the blockchain, you couldn't go in and change them because yeah. if you tried to change them in one set of records... Tells everyone. ...that all the other sets of records... It would be like Alec Renahan's breaking into the... <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, it would be like this is inconsistent with all the other copies of the record and so it wouldn't be accepted onto the blockchain. Yeah. And so the idea with the blockchain is it enables, you know, trustless interactions between people because you don't have to rely on trusting someone because there's like a an authority that um, that can't be disrupted yeah. or can't be changed. Okay, so... To recap on all of that, um, a blockchain is is the, uh, I guess, a, a decentralized way of recording uh, transactions or any sort of uh, information, information yep. on the internet. Yeah. Now let me let me maybe give another example, a more realistic example than Bryce sneaking into university to change his <laughs> grades. Um, uh, have you ever had to do a land title search? Uh, I haven't known, okay. but I know what they are. Yeah. So, you know, state governments uh, in Australia, different governments around the world, you know, they keep records of who owns what land and who has title to what land and all that stuff, easements, all that. Um, but it's really hard to get that information. You have to go to a government agency. You have to know where to look. You have to ha- hope that they have the necessary and complete records. You have to hope that they can find them. Um, and then you have to be able to get the records from the government. And it's it's a really arduous process and it's quite difficult. There's a lot of time spent doing it. Um, and then, you know, not so much in Australia, but in third world countries, this process is quite uh, right for corruption. Yeah. You know, the government authorities can change land title and stuff like that. And we're seeing early adoption of blockchain technology to solve this problem. So, a couple of examples, um, Georgia in 2016, Ghana in 2016, Honduras in 2015, Dubai in 2017, Sweden in 2016. They're all at different stages of moving their land title, I guess, information and their records onto the blockchain. And so, then there'll be like one authoritative set of records every time it gets updated it gets updated across all of these all of the users on the blockchain and in theory it will make it easier to verify who's who owns what easier to execute contracts it will mitigate the risk of incorrect registries and according to sweden it'll increase trust between actors nice that's the theory and i know some of it might go still be going over people's heads but just think of it like 
rather than a central set of records, a distributed set of records. Yeah. All right. So that's blockchain, and it is uh, it forms the the basis for which all of these uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, sort of everything else you hear about in this space is built upon. Yeah. So so let me hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the flow from there is. So you've got this distributed set of records, but how do you incentivize people to to update it? You know, to update these records takes electricity and it, you know, then there needs to be some process for that information to be sent to all the different users that are holding a set of these records because otherwise the system doesn't work. Yeah. And so cryptocurrencies have been built on the blockchain as a way to reward these people who are updating the blockchain. Yeah, so, okay, so we've got the blockchain and then cryptocurrencies are a way in which uh, people are rewarded for maintaining and updating the records across the blockchain. So, Bitcoin is just a, a reward mechanism. Yeah, yeah. So, now this, pull me out of the weeds if I'm going too far. Weed master. <laughs> you, you often hear of Bitcoin miners. Yes. Uh, no, they're not uh, partnering with Rio Tinto to find Bitcoin in the, <laughs> in the layers of the Earth's crust. Uh, they're basically running server farms full of supercomputers that are trying to solve really complex algorithms. If they solve it first, they get rewarded with Bitcoin. And as part of that whole process, and this is where the technicals get beyond me, but as part of that whole process, every time like an equation is solved, the yep. blockchain is updated. Yeah. I'm looking at you for confirmation because, yeah. That is correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, like, the miners are incentivized to solve these equations because they want to win the cryptocurrency. They want to win the Bitcoin. And in incentivizing them to put their computing power towards solving these equations and trying to win this Bitcoin, that's the computing power that's used to update the blockchain. Again, I'm looking at you for confirmation. Yeah, a little bit of weeds, but um, generally, yeah. So... At a higher level, though, um, you know, cryptocurrencies are used for more than just rewarding miners. No, but that that's how, like, that's the, the origin story. That is the origin yeah. story. That's yes. like Batman getting bitten by a bat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. All right, so we've got... Wait, no, I don't think that's actually his origin story. <laughs> I don't story. know. <laughs> so we've got, um, we've got blockchain that uh, takes away centralized record keeping. Then to update this blockchain... Uh, and to, to keep it all sort of running smoothly, we use cryptocurrencies as a, a way to reward people to do so. Mm. Nice. Now, um, you were about to say there are other uses for cryptocurrency. I was about and to say And so that. it's like from that original concept, they've now uh, developed uses of their own, so, and most of which were sort of foreseen at the time. So do you want to get into that? So, yeah, I guess the main form of cryptocurrency, when you think about it, it's in its name, Ren, and that is uh, currency, uh, another form or medium of exchange. Well, th- that that is just begging me to go in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go in the weeds. But uh, it's it's money that is recorded on the blockchain. Um, and what what the one of the big trends that we're starting to see at the moment is... Uh, is this decentralized finance and rather than you know the bank being the one that records the transaction between you and I, uh, if we were to use cryptocurrency as uh, a medium of exchange, then 
that is extended across the blockchain to everyone in that network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, decentralized <laughs> finance is like uh, lending and stuff without an intermediary. Yes. So let's not let's not go down that, that rabbit yeah. hole. Basically, uh, blockchain is distributed records. Cryptocurrency rewards those who are updating those records. Cryptocurrency is then used as an alternative currency. Currency traditionally has two uh, key functions in a society. One, it's a medium of exchange, so you use it to buy goods and services. The other is a store of value, so you can hang on to it and it can hold its value and you can use it in the future. There are different cryptocurrencies that are trying to do... Bits and pieces of both. Yeah, be some of those things, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff that we touched on in yesterday's episode on uh, equity mates. So you can jump over there after this if you want to go down that rabbit hole with us. And yeah, the the idea is there's a lot of issues with you know the fee, they call it fiat currency, but like government created currency around how much is produced and and where it goes. And um, Bitcoin especially was created in 2009 after the GFC. You know, it's Bitcoin's proponents will tell you it's a better form of currency mm. and a better store of value than especially the US dollar. Mm. To take stock before we move into, I guess, the questions around, it, is this actually useful? What are some of the, the positives and negatives of all of this? Is there anything else that we want to cover off on the actual fundamentals of from blockchain to cryptocurrency? Yeah, the one other thing that I think if you're having a chat in the pub, you're definitely just going to want to have some information on is, all right, that conceptually makes sense, but why are there... 2,000 plus of them. 6,700. Is that how many there are? Jeez. So, uh, I guess the question then is why 6,700 shit coins? (laughs) (laughs) Look, they're not all shit, but some of them definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, without going too deep on this, conceptualize it like um, underlying technology and then things built on top of it. So, the best analogy uh, is the internet. The internet underlying technology is the equivalent of blockchain here. Um, you know, that's the sort of the breakthrough that has allowed things to be built on top of it. All of these cryptocurrencies are being built on top of this blockchain technology in the same way that um, all of these internet companies and all of these new internet services were being built on top of the same technology, which was the internet. Mm. And so, you know, there are some cryptocurrencies that are trying to become you know, like decentralized cloud storage. There's some that are trying to become decentralized uh, like supercomputers and like pool computing power and all this stuff. There's some like Ethereum which are trying to do smart contracts. There's some which are just literally trying to replace currency um, like Bitcoin. And but, but they all are using the same underlying technology which is blockchain and then all trying to do slightly different things. And amongst them, there's some stuff that is just trying to make money on the hype but then there are others where there is actually genuine people working hard to prove a genuine use case yeah so that's why there's so many yeah uh and if you would like to go a little bit further on that we do have an interview coming out this week with alex saunders from nuggets news who's a bit of a whiz with all of this sort of stuff and we'll we'll dig into that um so before we move on ren we will just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, uh, Ren, I guess the question is, what does all of this mean? Is it useful? Do I need to know about it? And then we can have a quick chat about uh, how to invest, I guess, in, in inverted commas uh, or buy crypto. I mean, we said just before the ad break that there's a whole bunch of people trying to find use cases and trying to make it useful. And I'm sure some will be successful, but really the short answer is right now, there's not a lot of mainstream use cases. Yeah, yeah. There's some in like the finance space that are starting to emerge, decentralized finance being one of them that you mentioned earlier. But I mean, the long and the short of it is there's a lot of promise that is yet to be delivered on. Yes, and we spoke with... Uh, and I am going to get so much hate from the crypto community, even for just <laughs> saying that. But hey, prove it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give me a clear use case where you're 10x better and there's mainstream adoption in a certain industry or sector. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I guess they're, you know, when we speak about this with some of the experts in the crypto community, they always preface it with uh, in 10 or 20 yeah, years. Yeah. So there's no... There's certainly uh, no hiding the fact that this is very, very early in the adoption phase uh, of uh, where this technology could be leading. But at the same time, if it does play out in the way that people are expecting it to, then th- then it is going to be r- rather transformational. Yeah. Um, it's just about weeding those 6,700 down to the few that are going to be around in 20 years or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And like people will say, oh, this is 10 times better than what is done currently. But there's plenty of examples in history where the best technology didn't win. And so, I guess what I'm watching for in terms of this crypto story is where is there actually mainstream adoption? Like where where does it move from these early adopters and true believers and into a, the mainstream of an industry and where does it disrupt a certain way of doing things? Because for me, that will be a real inflection point where we stop talking just about the price of these coins and we actually start talking about the use case of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we said we'd give you a few pointers for uh, a pub conversation or if you're at a a dinner party. So, uh, let's discuss some of the positives or the benefits of both blockchain and uh, cryptocurrency and then uh, we can give some negatives if you want to take the other side of the argument. Uh, and then, as I said, we'll have a quick discussion around the investing part. So, the, so some of the positives or, or the benefits. I mean, if you if you're talking to some of the fanatics, then there's no uh, question. I am that, talking to one of the fanatics <laughs> right there's, now. <laughs> there's no question that some believe that uh, Bitcoin or potentially one of the other sort of stronger coins will be the currency of the future. We'll be, uh, I guess, buying goods and services uh, with Bitcoin. And can can we can we not talk about positives in terms of uh, what some believe? I think the the, sure. the positives are the technology, and you always hear this. Like, I believe in the underlying technology, blockchain, but not so much. I'm unsure about I'm crypto. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. that's the mainstream economist answer to the crypto question. And the biggest positive is that the blockchain technology is actually pretty revolutionary yeah, in terms yeah. of what it's what it has been able to do. So, like, that's a big positive. Second positive, I think, is that 
there are there are characteristics of cryptocurrency that make it better than some other currencies or um or stores of value Assets. like uh, better than gold and stuff like that. Some of its characteristics are like that. But I think that's a softer way of saying some people believe it will be the currency of the future. I think that's a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, fair. But, I mean, uh, if you want to take that side of the argument, then go for it. <laughs> you're more than welcome to. No, I think you're right, though. The, the You know, if you think about why people are lo- like blockchain, and it's, it's what we've discussed, uh, it removes the um, centralization of power. It's a lot easier to, to trust what is going on in the system. Those sorts of things are the real benefit of, of what is going on here. And I guess uh, from a risk or a negative point of view, Ren, um, it, you know, if you're just looking at it from a, an investing standpoint, and we've mentioned, you know, it, that Bitcoin does have some characteristics that are that are better than perhaps you know gold or, or whatever it may be, but uh, incredibly volatile. Incredibly, incredibly volatile. volatile. Like forty percent drops are not unheard of. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if uh, if you are ever going to listen to a friend uh, about what to invest in. Make sure it's not in the crypto space because, uh, yeah, this is uh, a market that uh, goes up and down faster than you can blink. So just be wary of that when you're putting money in. Yeah. So yeah, I think look, the risks are well known. It's extremely volatile. There is a chance that this could go to zero. There's a chance that 2017 could happen again and um, massive crash happens. Although I think the as some of these use cases start to build, um, the chance of it all going to zero becomes less and less likely. But, you know, this is a small percentage of your portfolio, if anything, mm. um, you know, uh, investment. Yeah. Um, but it is a possible investment class. People have made a lot of money on it. If you're at the pub, people will definitely be talking about how much money they've made on it. So the final question, perhaps the most important question for an investing podcast is how do you actually invest in it? There's a couple of ways that you can think about uh, investing in the crypto space um, and the blockchain space. And I think for me, the first is to not go down the rabbit hole of the 6,700 crypto coins and take a step back and look at the broader picture, which is to uh, invest in businesses that are potentially going to be using the blockchain technology as part of their own business model, taking advantages of that, or equally investing in businesses that are benefiting from the rise in cryptocurrency um, so some examples of of the the latter they're investing in businesses that are i guess exposed to the bitcoin trend uh ren you mentioned miners uh who are uh, i guess people who are using huge amounts of computing power to try and uh, solve these blockchain uh, algorithms they obviously need computer parts and so it's companies like Nvidia and uh, and the like that provide these sorts yeah. of computer parts. AMD, AMD, TSMC supply them all. Yeah. yeah. So these traditional, you know, large uh, computer manufacturers, computer part manufacturers, uh, are all benefiting from the requirements of these uh, people who are mining for these cryptocurrencies. Yeah, yeah. I think look, given that this is get started investing, I don't want to go too far down the. Um, yeah that rabbit hole there are a bunch of companies that that are exposed to the crypto trend in different ways to your point some that are exposed because they supply you know the bitcoin uh industry some because they own bitcoin themselves like tesla and microstrategy are two companies that actually own bitcoin and then there are others that will benefit from 
like the disruption of industries that cryptocurrency may cause. So a company like Square, maybe even a company like PayPal, like the more that traditional banks and traditional financial institutions get disrupted by cryptocurrency, the businesses that are able to best integrate with that trend or best adapt to that trend and don't have like a real legacy business that gets hurt um, will be able to benefit. So if you're looking at individual companies, they might be three frameworks to look at it in. There's not really any ETFs. Um, Mm. There's one in Canada that's listed. There's apparently one coming in the States, although, you know, regulatory approval and all of that. I imagine Australia will be relatively slow compared to some of the other jurisdictions but at some point there will probably be some form of crypto etf um just so institutions and stuff can invest in it but really i think the long and the short of it is if you want to be exposed to cryptocurrency you should just be exposed to cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. and don't try and find roundabout ways to get involved just um actually buy some of it which is not a recommendation to do so no no but it's like if you if you've done your research and you decide that you want to do it, I think just being direct, mm. like everything in life, just being direct and to the point. So then then the question becomes, do you try and invest in like Bitcoin and Ethereum or do you invest in like all the other altcoins? I mean, speaking personally, I own some Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think you just own Bitcoin. Yeah. I think most of those like Bitcoin truthers that we see online – um, who are you know think that the U.S. government's going to be overthrown by like Bitcoin and you know that the new world order will you know just everything will be made better because of Bitcoin's presence. Um, they seem to only be buying Bitcoin as well. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have a good answer for this. Like, I'm sure there's there's some altcoins out there that will do well, but it's not something that I know enough about. Uh, so you, there are crypto exchanges just like your broker that you can go and buy cryptocurrencies through. Um, it's pretty straightforward when you get in there. Um, you generally just uh, pick your coin and, and away you go. Uh, two, two that we use, SwiftX, S-W-Y-F-T-X. Uh, if you go to swiftx.com.au forward slash equity mates, on signing up, they will give you $15 of, uh, of Bitcoin to start your, your journey if that's something that interested you. That was swiftx.com.au slash equitymates. It'll be in the show notes. And equally, if you wanted to take a bit of a softer approach, there's a micro-investing app called Bamboo that uh, allows you to dollar cost average or, or micro-invest into Bitcoin, Ethereum, gold, and uh, silver as well. So head over and check that out. Uh, the website is getbamboo.io. Uh, there will be a link in the in the show notes as well. If you use the code EquityMates, they'll also give you ten bucks when you sign up. So a couple of our our favorite sort of crypto exchanges. Yeah, um, I mean, I think uh, Bamboo is great for people who just want to dip their toe in the water because it's similar to Raise uh, for people who are, who use that. You can just round up your transactions and you can put a bit of money in, and you don't have to overthink it. You just dollar cost average in. Um, and you set and forget, um, and but you do get some exposure, which is nice. SwiftX is um, our preferred if you're if you're ready to put meaningful money in and look at you know the whole world of crypto. So for us, it's they're two complementary products. I think is how we think of them. We actually use both of them. So 
So that brings us to the end of Get Started Investing for the Crypto 101. As I said, it is uh, Crypto Week here at Equity Mates. If you'd like more on the crypto space, uh, head across to Equity Mates Investing Podcast where we've gone a little bit deeper. Hopefully, we've been able to uh, give you some pointers to help you with a conversation at the pub. Yeah, and rest assured, next week, we'll be back to equity. Yes, there will be no more crypto from here on in. <laughs> Until we do a spin-off show. <laughs> so, Ren, uh, always good to chat. Uh, just a reminder to everyone that you can head across to our other shows on the Equity Mates Media uh, platform, which is You're In Good Company. Comedian, the economist, and meet, pay, love. So make sure you go and check those out. Yeah, as well. you're in good company. Had a very good launch last week, but you know we early days are critical for a podcast. So if you want to support Equity Mates, go over there, give them a rating, give them a review. It helps them get on the charts, um, and it will make Maddie and Sophie feel good about uh, what they're doing. Nice. All right, well, we'll leave it there, and we'll chat next week. Sounds good. Get started investing is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.